everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Brendan and Ian. I'm Brendan Garland, and I'm a visual artist and creative. And I'm Ian Schaller. I'm a personal trainer and a philosopher. Brendan and I met at college in the Midwest, but now, living on opposing coasts, we keep in touch through phone calls, which we are sharing with you. As a podcast, phone calls is freeform, authentic, and natural, much as any conversation to a friend would be. Using mindfulness as our guide, we unpack our daily lives and travel across a spectrum of topics, which ultimately lead us back to mindfulness. As the listener, we hope our phone calls give you insight on how to allow yourself to simply be and live more consciously. Episode 10. Episode 10. Season finale. Yeah. <laughs> Which character in the show is going to die? <laughs> Don't say that. Crazy. <laughs> Some crazy shit's going to happen. <laughs> You're like, I'm in a weird neighborhood right now. Don't, don't say shit like that. <laughs> I actually die at the end of this episode. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> what a plot twist. Yeah, then people would definitely listen to this podcast. <laughs> and then after this, it's just you talking to various people about my life. <laughs> My plan all along. <laughs> you hired an assassin to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was a complete gamble. Because <laughs> I had to spend all of my money to pay the assassin in the hopes that it would somehow spark something <laughs> along the way. And hopefully it all pays off in the long run. Yep. What a book. <laughs> I hope it works out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if it works so well for you. Yeah, I really got the the shit end of the stick on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. But you know, someone has to. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> we can't all be billionaires. <laughs> Some of us just have to die. Great. <laughs> Regular people. Uh, oh man that's messed up too (laughs) what did some of us just die yeah yeah regular yeah regular folk but not the billionaires the billionaires never die no 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 they live forever well what's what's the didn't somebody freeze their body or something like that they said uh Walt Disney did Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Polly's like I think Polly thinks it's bullshit. Uh-huh. But I mean I don't know. I I have no idea, you know. Yeah. I mean we won't know until like they figure out the technology to bring people back to life but mm-hmm. we're frozen. Right. And then could you imagine? But do we really need Walt Disney around again? I mean I don't know. <laughs> Do you? I'm guessing you think no. <laughs> Why? What's the point? Because like your creativity and your genius, like quote unquote, would come from a the place and time and like your development as a person over time. Mm-hmm. So if he were to be brought back to life, he could he could only conceive things from like when did he die? Like the 70s? I don't know. I don't know. Well, he could only conceive things from the time when he was alive. So he wouldn't be able to create anything 
if he was like revived in the year like 2100 or something uh, he, yeah. mm-hmm. don't you think he wouldn't be able to function as a as like know. a creative genius so if you went into a coma for 50 years and you woke up and like you're still an artist but like there's all these new influences now that are upon you like mm-hmm. you don't think you could create anymore Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess I would still be able to create, but I don't think that you, I still think you would be, I would be creating in the time when like before I had went into the coma. Mm. Well, that wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily. No. It's not like you're regressing, it's just different creativity. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also feel like you wouldn't be progressing. Hmm. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think? Do you like, think so? I think that assumes that one or the other is better. That, like, where we're at now. Okay, I mean, so if it's Walt Disney, like, is Walt Disney better now than it would have been if he would have like stayed alive and I guess created it or like if he like woke back up and he's like ah you guys fucked up like this isn't at all what I wanted you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know I, I this is like what I feel like would happen he would integrate you know what I mean uh, like he would be like here's the stuff I know and this is like 150 years later this is what you guys know now. Like, let's let's collab on this, <laughs> you know. And you just get something mm. weird. <laughs> yeah, but hmm, I don't know. I think you because just you it, hate Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I really hate Walt Disney, and I'm like, no, we should just unfreeze his body and let it melt. <laughs> Uh, but no I think that like if I were to be given the option to be frozen and then like reborn again at a different time like I wouldn't take it Mm. why not because I think that that like well first of all I feel like you would have to have a very large ego Mm mm-hmm to want to be kept around for so long. Okay. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't really care enough about my body, like living to see another, like a different time period. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. I just don't feel like I would be creating at the same level because. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer, I don't know, it it like removes every, I think it's a very like existential, existential like question because it removes all possibility of life and death, like the human experience Mm -hmm. because it's so far outside of the human experience, life, death, and then like rebirth. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Is that a kind of rebirth? Mm, yeah, I guess it would kind of be like a rebirth. Mm-hmm. But do you think that the things that you would learn from your coma, or like in this case, like period of freezing, would be worth anything? Like, why not just let society progress the way it's supposed, like not supposed to, but as it as it does? Mm-hmm. Well, wait, he technically he's like actually dead. And then, like, the idea would be, like, to put life back into his body, right? Or am I mistaken? Yeah, I think so. He is dead. And then the idea would be that, like, you could somehow unfreeze his, like, brain and body and then make him alive again. Mm -hmm. So would it even be, like, him? Like, would it even be Walt Disney or just be, like, Walt Disney's old body with a new life in it. (laughs) I don't know. Like, because then that would require a different brain, right? Mm, Maybe, if if we are brains. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think Without the brain, there is no, fun- like, the body, it's just, like, the body is just functional. I Yeah, I guess, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, so we would go back into our old, like, thought patterns and, like, our personalities and our brain and everything else. Okay, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm imagining, like, in this situation that he is just being, like, like a time capsule of sorts. Like from the moment he died, his like last thoughts and whatever he was thinking at the time would just be continued mm. into, you know, like if you like pause a game. Right. And then you come back to the game 10 years later and you unpause it like the character in the game is still in the same place and still like thinking the same thing, but it's just a different time. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm. Okay, so back to you not wanting to freeze yourself and come back. Uh-huh. You said that requires a big ego. Why are you against having a big ego? Uh, because I don't know. I don't think that we should, I don't think that our purpose on earth is to be so self-centered or Mm self-serving. Thus, I don't think that, like, I think the ego is inevitable, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that you should feed it. Make it all fat. (laughs) Yeah. Plump it up. This isn't a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> well, well timed. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like you planned that. 
this whole conversation was an elaborate way to <laughs> yeah. plan out. <laughs> Crazy punchline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I agree. I don't think we're here to like serve ourselves necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's that whole really funny thing, and maybe it's just wordplay, where the Hindus believe that like everything is the self, like everything is like the Godhead or Brahma or, you know, mm. so it's like the point in that case is to serve ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's, they just mean like in a different sense. Um, do you kind of get where I'm going with that? Yeah. Because in like Hinduism, it's, there's like the capital S self and mm -hmm. then like the lowercase s self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the self that we're like talking about is like the lowercase self. But like what they're talking about, like Brahman is like the, the uppercase self is like everything. Mm -hmm. The universe. And... Right. And I was listening to Alan Watts today, and so, like, the belief or idea that, like, there is something other than self, capital self, is mm -hmm. Maya, which trans, like, loosely translates to illusion. Mm -hmm. um, and then so, like, we tag on to illusion, like, fake, but it actually means more like play or dance um, or like song or art, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's not that like what we perceive is fake. Mm -hmm. It's just that what we perceive like is a, like a dance of sorts. Mm -hmm. A dance or play of the universe. Yeah. And so word. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm saying when you dance or when you play, you only typically when when you're when you're dancing or playing and you're having like your full enjoyment of it, you're doing it for the sake of itself. You know what I mean? Mm hmm So like you're just dancing to dance or you're just playing to play. You're not you're not playing to to build your ego. Yeah, you you're playing cuz like that's what is. Yeah. So I guess what I'm slowly coming back around to is that if you do have a big uh, ego and the whole thing is self and Maya play or illusion, then really <laughs> you're, hmm, you're not in the wrong, I suppose. Uh -huh. And I think really the only thing that you'd be harming yourself mostly because like the whole Buddhist system, I guess kind of comes into play then desire and suffering. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree that I don't think it's wrong in like the way that we think of like right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we can like who are we to say what is right and who are we to say what is wrong. But yeah, I think in like the terms of like, yeah, if you were to look at it through like a Buddhist lens, then like it's wrong, quote unquote, in like the sense because you're not like you're still just trapped in like the cycles of suffering. Yeah. It's interesting that those are two very different ways of like looking and living your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like one is that like life is suffering, try and escape it as fast as possible. Or like just the end goal is to escape it. Nirvana. And then the other one is like like just dance, you know, just play, live this thing. Mm-hmm. Which one resonates with you more? I don't know. I think a little of both because I think that like you should just enjoy life no matter what and like not believe that there is like a right and a wrong way to live life and just kind of go with the flow. But I think you also need like, um, what's the word? Like you need to look back at your life and kind of, uh, Oh, it starts with an R. Like, um, reflect, yeah, (laughs) I don't know why it left my head, but yeah, like, look back at your life and like reflect on the things that you've done. And because I think there are things that like can be corrected, I don't think it's necessarily that like the things that you did were wrong because I don't believe that you can make any like wrong choices in life, right? Yeah. Because the choices that you made are the choices that you made, and where you are is where you are. You, there's nothing you can do about that. So, I guess in the terms of like, for if we were to take it as like past, present, and future, for past, if you were to look back at your life, then it would be like that just free play kind of idea, and just treating it as like that that whatever you did in life and however you went about life in your dance is okay. But for the future and like understanding the cycles of like suffering is important Mm -hmm. to like reflect on what you've done and like build for the future, which is the present. Like you're learning new dance moves. Yeah. Exactly.
Yeah, like building new dance moves or like um or like learning new dance moves or like building upon the dance moves that you already like maybe you tried a dance move and it didn't really work, but you feel like it's a dance move that you should be doing mm-hmm. or, you know, want to do. So then you just like build upon it. Yeah. Are you friends with your ego? Mm, what do you mean? Like, uh, hmm. So there's a song by, oh, dang, I can't remember the, the name of the band, but they, they have this, they have this song where it's just a recording of a man talking about like becoming friends with his ego like partners instead of like being something they're trying to get rid of you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or like labeling it as in a negative way yeah So what do you So Like do you think that you like love who you are like wholly and completely and like there's nothing you like push away about your ego or um, I don't know you can just like appreciate it for what it is. Mm. Um, I'd say no. Cause I feel like it would be not impossible, but very hard to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, just because I think that we're human. And like, because we're human, like we think or like we see things and think that we have like done them wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we like, judge aspects of our life as being right or wrong Mm -hmm. and i think it would be really hard to like escape those cycles because i think that you need to go through those cycles of like thinking that something that you've done in life is wrong and then realizing that like even though it may have been wrong or like in your head like what can you learn from it and then how can you like reconcile with the fact that like it has like already happened mm-hmm. what do you think I don't know it's interesting today I was actually like meditating and 
I noticed like I was like judging myself for like stuff I'd done like yesterday or something. Mm. And instead of being like, oh shit, judging myself like, ouch, that hurts. I was just like judging, <laughs> like wow, crazy kind of thing, you know. What I mean? Uh huh. And then like all of the the sort of like being down on myself and like the hard emotions around that, like were like lifted. It was just like whoa, that's what that's what my mind does is it judges things, and whether or not I like an absorbed in that judgment isn't permanent you know what i mean it doesn't have to be that way it's just something i've done my whole life and it was like a really crazy insightful moment and it's not like the rest of the day i was like oh judging like just like noting judging judging it was like in that moment i realized it and i was just like wow like if i can do this right now then why couldn't i like rewire myself to just notice when i'm judging or when i'm like afraid to do something or like anything, you know? Yeah. So no, I, th- I think it's possible. I think it's like probably one of the most difficult things to do, especially mm-hmm. today, you know? Yeah. In this world. Yes. I feel like it, yeah, so, yeah, like, I feel like it is possible, but I feel like because it's so hard, and, like, just what we've been talking about with, like, right or wrong, like, you shouldn't see it as like wrong if you can't do you mean or do you see what like, I'm trying to get at no I didn't follow that uh, like because just because something is possible doesn't mean that you'll necessarily be able to do it all the time. And it's not like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. That, you know, like it's not bad that you don't love your ego or like love every part of yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. But just like, well, I think like with everything that we've talked about before, and just an awareness of it, I think, is more important, right, than talking in, like, the, the absolute. But the awareness of the fact that it is possible and that you can do it and the awareness of your actions, the focus on that is more important than the judgment 
then so you're you're saying it's more important that I just realize that it's possible to change it than it is then that's more important than actually trying to change it yes okay can you say why uh because I feel like uh, to me at least like your story was a pretty good example of it like because you're because you became aware that you were doing these things then I think like you said you know uh you all day you weren't thinking about it like judging judging like you weren't consciously thinking that right mm-hmm. but the right the beginning point of it was the awareness that you do do it mm. and that awareness frees up your brain to be like oh it's okay that it happens ah. but i but i know that there is another way you know what i mean okay would you say that's because option a like the first thing you described being like just just realizing that it's a possibility that option allows like the self to be what it is so like you can instead of trying to change what is like you're in that sense you're more present is that why you would say that uh yeah exactly okay okay because then yeah you're not actively like discriminating against yourself and because then i think you can end up in a cycle (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow just when you think you know something (laughs) (laughs) no thanks i appreciate that yeah well i mean i didn't think about it until you said you until you like started explaining it or even asked Mm -hmm. the question yeah yeah and then i i'm gonna read you a quote from this book Excellent. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like every podcast we've had before this, mm-hmm. I think maybe there was one or two where I was in like a, a state of understanding, at least like, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like a higher state of like awareness of what I was feeling Mm -hmm. but for most of the other ones I was like a little disconnected from myself Mm -hmm. Um, because like like I mentioned before you know like there's just so much going on that I'm figuring it out and then I found this book I went to this coffee shop and uh, I was just sitting there uh, like applying for jobs and stuff. And then I found this book called The Lonely City. 
and it's about like um, loneliness is like an epidemic mm-hmm. and like how artists and philosophers and social scientists and all those people have like experienced loneliness or describe loneliness or being alone and those things. So I was reading it and then where's the page? Okay, here. And then I came across this passage that just like totally like made me so aware of like what I was feeling and okay so that's what it is uh loneliness profoundly affects an individual's ability to understand and interpret social interactions initiating a devastating chain reaction the consequence of which is to further estrange them from their fellows. In this state, which is entered into unknowingly, the individual tends to experience the world in increasingly negative terms and to both expect and remember instances of rudeness, rejection, and abrasion, giving them greater weight and prominence than other more benign or friendly interactions. And because the hypervigilance hasn't been consciously perceived, it is by no means easy to recognize, let alone correct, the bias. Wow. So what does that mean to you? Uh, Like, why? Yeah, like, why do you want to read that quote? What is, like, the impact that's had on you? Like, just talk more about it. Yeah. I think the impact is like the impact of the quote is like immense because it like gave me an understanding into what I was feeling, but also like it was put in a way that wasn't like it was put in a way that was like, experience when they're lonely and that's okay Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh like of course it makes sense that this is what I've been feeling for like the past two months Mm -hmm. and like like we were just talking about with awareness of like the ego I was so upset with myself for like these past two months because I I couldn't connect with people and I was like why am I like seeing why am I reading everybody's um, perception of me as like negative as they're being negative towards me instead of just Mm -hmm. a neutral interaction and then why am I allowing that negative like my perceived negative feedback why am I allowing that to affect me in such a negative and like creating such a negative mental space because for a long Mm -hmm. time I just assumed that like people didn't like me and I was like 
why am I meeting all these people and just assuming that they like hate me when these people have no idea of who I am and I have really no idea of the, who these people are. Why can't I just like, why can't I just accept them for who they are, which is what I feel like I would normally do, like quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then, so then when I came across this passage, I was like, oh, I was like, duh. This is just the way that my brain is trying to deal with all this change. And so now, just having the like awareness of it has like lifted this immense weight off my shoulders that it's not like that there's something wrong with me. Right. Yeah. It's almost like there's there's no extra step past just bringing awareness to it that leads to freedom from it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like as soon as you're aware of it, it's like you're free from it. Like it's it's released you. You're like ah. <laughs> yeah. And then it doesn't like consume so much mental weight anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, the awareness allows it to just like, not like even be gone, but just like be processed. Right. It's almost like that fear of the unknown thing. You know, yeah. it's like it's, it's scarier because you don't understand it exactly. Like you, you, you kind of said, um, like what's wrong with me? Like, why are they perceiving me in this way? Like you kind of start to point the finger, but you're not sure which direction to point it. Mm-hmm. And you realize there's not really a need for there to be a finger in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And then that dissipates the fear and like the, the loaded emotions behind it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's really cool. Yeah. So I just thought I would share that too in case like anybody happens to listen to it and then like yeah they can get as much out of it as like or even just a little bit out of it. Mhm. Yeah, I was when you were reading I was thinking like wow, like you know, if any of our friends um, are listening to this or anybody at all that has like recently moved to a new place or something and there's, they don't have that community that they once had. Like that's something really important to know. Yeah. Because the community is like, is going to take time, mm-hmm. which I think is something that it's also helped me realize. Like, I mean, we talked about it a few podcasts back too about like the difference between like, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college and like our first year of living in a new place. Mm -hmm. But 
I think this really helped me because when I first got here, I was like, I want to do everything and I want to like meet all these people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I had this like preconceived idea of what I was supposed to do in order to meet mm-hmm. the people who would like be influential. Yeah. So then I put so much weight on like doing these things or having these interactions that they became less like I almost diluted my interactions in a way because Mm -hmm. I had so much expectation on them. Absolutely. I feel like everything's kind of coming full circle, you know, I mean, and it always does. There's always like those little lessons that you know about, but you forget. And then like they sneak up on you to reteach you what you already knew. Yeah. Like the expectation thing. Like you just t- like talked about, like, I think we've talked about that every episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel now? Uh, so much freer. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you just recently, like, right before we started talking, actually, you had a conversation with, uh, a security guard? Was that, am I saying that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I was actually, like, I was going to, like, just bring that up. Like, now, because I am not going, like, I'm not going places with the expectation of meeting people who are going to, like, who I'm going to get along with, Mm -hmm. then it, like, frees up the space that, every interaction you have could be with somebody who's like really interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. So I just went to this, I was like looking up things to do today uh, because it was like my day off and I was going to go to the Natural History Museum, which is like just a little bit away from me. And it's like all part of the like University of Southern California campus, but then the Natural History History Museum cost money. It was like fourteen dollars to get, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to pay fourteen dollars. Mm-hmm. But the California African American Museum is like in the same park, so mm-hmm. I was like, then that was free. So I was like, well, I'll just go there. Wow. And then they had like. Uh, incredible shows and uh, okay (laughs) did you hear that helicopter yeah (laughs) yeah so they had uh, there were like four really incredible shows at this museum and I was you know walking through them looking at everything it was like really fascinating and then i got to the last exhibition and uh 
I was talking to the, uh, I walked in and, you know, the, there's like the people who watch in the galleries to make sure you don't touch the art or anything. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and she was like, you know, oh, hi, how you doing? And I was like, oh, good. How are you? And then she goes, she's like, oh, she's like, I, you know, I could be doing better, but you know, I'm still doing pretty good. Try to keep it positive. She was like, thanks for asking, you know? And I was like, oh, like, no problem. I was like, you know, it, I think it's a thing that you should do. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, yeah, okay. You know, like enjoy the show. We didn't really have like a super big conversation at the beginning. So then I walked around, looked at all the pieces and then uh, kind of came back and was like, you know, oh, thank you for like greeting me. And I was like, how often do these exhibitions change? And then from like then on, I was just talking to her for two hours and uh, we were talking all like all the way up until the museum closed because they closed at five. So I was just talking to her the whole time and we, and we ended up find up finding out that she also worked at the Marciano art foundation, but mm-hmm. like before I worked there. Wow. So then we had that connection. So then we started talking about that and then she's like an artist and she knows all these. She also was talking about how she did a podcast while, <laughs> <laughs> while she was working a, a nine to five job as like a way to keep herself like creative. Uh-huh. And then she like knows all these famous art people. She like has talked to the several of the artists that were in the museum and she was telling me about the exhibitions and everything. And, you know, it's like stuff like that. It was just the craziest interaction. Yeah. It's so cool that once, like, someone's honest, they, like, and, like, just open up that tiny bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of be like, oh, they just kind of like welcomed me into their own world you know yeah. how we can explore each other right uh-huh. like she could have just said like you said how are you she could have been like fine <laughs> thanks <laughs> bye you know like, that's kind of the end of it mm-hmm. but I get the sense and correct me if I'm wrong that like because she was like honest more honest with her answer or at least uh, more expressive were kind of like huh like maybe there was something more to be said there you know, like more to this conversation that we can take back up mm-hmm. yeah Does no. seem correct uh-huh that's like a hundred percent correct like because because we had such like a an open dialogue at the beginning it like freed up the space for the conversation to go in like any direction. Mm -hmm. Because I think when somebody, and I was, this is funny, I was actually just watching an interview with Harry Styles last night. And uh, in it, I wrote this down also. He said that real friendship is built on vulnerability 
Wow. And I was thinking about that. I was like, it's so true. Because I think when somebody's really vulnerable at the beginning of a friendship or of a conversation, then you know that like, like I'm sure that there are still things that people would keep closed off, but you know that the possibilities for the conversation are like almost endless. Mm -hmm. Because if the person is willing to be vulnerable to you at the very beginning, then you know, it can go anywhere. Yeah, like they're only going to keep opening up to you. You can safely assume, I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a sign of honesty, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like truth in a deeper sense, not just like telling the truth, but being true to themselves and their own emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's also like a sign of emotional intelligence. And that's like, I don't know. That means a lot. Yeah. I think it means, I don't know, at least for me, like it means so much when somebody is like so honest and so open mm -hmm. because you know yeah that the conversation is going to be good or you're going to have like a positive experience yeah I feel like this whole series of podcasts has taught me how to speak and listen to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How to be better at conversations. It's, it's like the, definitely like the central theme that I've experienced. And then, and then like the mindfulness is that, you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of, you can't have good listening skills and good conversations without that. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also taught me like, which is something that I always kind of knew, but definitely learned a lot more now is like how little we really know about people. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I was just thinking this morning, like, even though we have these conversations pretty regularly, and I've known you for, yeah, like, there's still, I was thinking this morning, like, there's still so much that I don't know. Like, I was thinking about, I don't know why this thought popped in my head, but I was, like, thinking about you as, like, a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was, like. Because the, the, like, memories, not the memories that I have of, like, your memories, but, like, the, like, things that you've told me. Like, I think I always had this idea 
because I remember one of like the first things that you told me is that like you and your friends used to like walk across the IC campus, right? And you would like walk around that area. Oh yeah. And then, but then in one of like the recent podcasts, you were telling me about like how you like grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was just thinking about that. I was like, wait, there's like so much context around that. <laughs> that like yeah that like i'm missing yeah it's almost like what does it mean to know somebody you know yeah cuz you you know me pretty well from the past 5 years but there's 18 years that we haven't talked about really yeah And, like, there's stuff that in those 18 years that I would, like, probably never bring up or never even, like, remember unless, Mm -hmm. like, something happened by association that, like, brought that memory to the surface. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, well, I guess that's an interesting, like, thought that I just thought of now because like I know you at this moment, but this moment you're a sum of like all the experiences that you've had in life up to this point. Mm -hmm. So like technically I do know about all those experiences Mm. this sounds kind of crazy but like i don't know how they affected you right but i know like where they made you end up which is right here Mm. yeah wow yeah but then we keep changing you know Uh uh-huh it's like in the, now the new moment. It's like now I'm different. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That uh that makes me think of so I, I was talking to my friend Justin and he he used the term and maybe this is like the a colloquial term that I just never hear, riff raffing. So just like kinda like speaking off the top of your head almost doing it in a way to just like see what you really think, you know? Um, and less of like a speaking in a way of knowing something. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So it's almost like journaling with words out loud to a friend, right? Uh-huh. Kind of like dive in deeper. And he's, we were talking about how, that's like a hard thing to do nowadays because you have to be vulnerable enough to do it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you might be wrong about a lot of things. And in fact, you probably are going to be. And then like people may or may not judge you for it. And then you have to like deal with that. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy how intense 
people can be if you're not like politically correct with a lot of things, you know? Mm-hmm. But then like the things you say in that moment don't really define who you are, right? Like even if you say something offensive, you may be a completely new person a week, a month, a day later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of all of those life's experiences and those perspective perspective changes. Yeah. And I don't think that we build in that kind of um, understanding of like growth and development into like our minds of the way that we talk to people. Cause I think the idea is that like that people have is that if somebody does something or says something wrong once in the past, right. Then like mm-hmm. that person who said that thing is going to be the same person for the rest of their life past when they said that one bad thing. Right. Yeah. And not to say that the, like that the bad thing is good. Cause I think we still should be like, I still think that you should hold people responsible for, you know, if people didn't tell me the things that I've did, like that I did wrong or something that maybe offended them, mm-hmm. then like I would still be offending people to this day, right? True. I suppose it's like to what degree, you know? Yeah. Like you don't want to do it so much that like they resent you for it and then like at that point they don't even want to change, you know? Uh-huh. And they like stop to question themselves or stop, stop like being vulnerable or stop trying to have those conversations to observe and learn, you know? Yeah. And I would say it comes with being non judgmental for the, the way that the person is, right? Mm hmm. Because if somebody's truly being vulnerable and then you judge them for saying something or doing something instead of being, you know, non-judgmental and being like, well, you know, like, I don't even know how I would approach the situation, but yeah, you know, maybe like reframing the thought from the perspective of the person who might be offended instead of just saying like, you know, that's bad. Don't do that. You're a terrible person being like, well, you know, like this person might think of it this way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It's just, you know, that's the way that you've always talked about things or always done things. But just imagine if, like, you were this person. Yeah. 
it's kind of I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but sometimes I just like I kind of have like a slight like you know I'm like genuinely listening and I'll kind of just like keep like showing them that I'm listening and like have a slight smile and just like shake my head and look at them, you know what I mean? And just like basically like hear them. And sometimes I won't even have a response to what they say and just like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a sort of way to like give them space to hear themselves and without any feedback. And just be like, what do you think of that actually? <laughs> yeah. You know? That's, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I had nothing to say after that. I was going to say that's really fascinating because I totally even forgot that like that is a thing that I do. But the mm-hmm. way that you just phrase that is really interesting to me because I, I also do the same thing where sometimes when people say things that like I don't necessarily agree with, mm-hmm. I don't. And it's not something like super extreme. Like if somebody went up and like, I don't know, punched somebody and then called them like a name, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually like just something that somebody has built into their language. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I do the same thing. And I like, well, like, you know, kind of be like laugh and shake my head. Not as a way of just like not reaffirming their, what they said. But I mm-hmm. love what you said with like giving them the space to like think about what they said really. Yeah. And be like, do you, like, yeah, do you really agree with that? Yeah. It, like sort of give them like an echo back. Be like, okay, <laughs> you know, let's look at this. <laughs> uh huh. So that's like a, a little tool, I guess. Yeah. It gives the other person space to to continue on their own path of growth instead Mm -hmm. of like you forcing them to take some path that you think is right yeah 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 Pro tip <laughs> <laughs> from Ian. One. <laughs> Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's really the only tip. Mm-hmm. He, it's amazing how uh, how much just like as people I think we just want to be heard mm-hmm. and I this in this book the that the lonely city book it's actually talking about how like communication it was talking about like Andy of War, Warhol and all this stuff but it really reminded me it was like a summation of like everything that we've talked about in the podcast mm-hmm. and like everything that we're talking about right now and like how people just want to be heard and people just want to be understood. And it reminds me of like at the very beginning when we were talking about like how, 
um, like I want people to explain what they mean more so that I can understand it from like their perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, then it comes back to like now where, you know, you're still like listening to somebody who may say something wrong. So you're still giving them a chance to be heard and be understood, but also giving them like a space for reflection so that they still feel validated as like a person. Yeah. And how like it really all comes down to like this pro tip, (laughs) you know, listening. And how listening really is like the key to communication and everything. Episode 10. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping the real truth. (laughs) It took us 10 episodes to get to (laughs) this point. And then tomorrow morning, I'll probably forget it all. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part, because then you get to remember again. (laughs) Yep. You're like, oh. What did we talk about? It's just <laughs> listen. What the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Is that a real word? Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, you think that's a good place to end it? I think so. Should we leave some hints and things like that to? have their taste buds wet for whenever we start up again. Oh yeah. Sure. You want to talk about why, why this is the last episode? Um, why it's the last episode? Probably (laughs) (laughs) because it took us 10 episodes to say something we already knew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but you had mentioned taking a, taking a hiatus kind of thing and, um, finding time to record with some interesting people outside of ourselves to get some like new fresh perspectives and just awesome stories and information, get all those recorded and release them. I don't know. When did you want to do that? I don't know. Probably February. February. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably that. That first Monday in February, we'll, uh, yeah, start getting, well, I think I'd really like to do another nine episodes. I was thinking about doing, we were talking about this, like nine episodes with mm-hmm. guests, kind of bringing in new people with different perspectives, Yeah, you know, because I think, I think that's uh, really important. And right. this is like branching off a little bit, but my dad was talking about building this department that he's a part of and how having everyone in the department have a voice has been really critical to like the success of building this department. 
and it just mm-hmm. got me thinking a lot about like how like the people that we have been like surrounded with in life i think have been like really critical to like building us up so mm-hmm. including their voices in this kind of like platform that we've established i think is important yeah Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. Be on the look. <laughs> be on, be the, on look the look out out for that. Don't be anxious. Don't have expectations, but be excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't have any expectations. But it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be really good, but don't think it's going to be good. Yeah, because then it's going to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Love you, man. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye.